that you're feeling calmed and soothed by that. Megan Woods is uh, back with us. Welcome back. And Morning, Tim, and I am feeling calmed and soothed. It's beautiful. All right. So you've, uh, Mark, you didn't nod off. Morning, Tim. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not sure that's going to be on the Christmas list uh, this year. But no, <laughs> no. no I, I agree with Glenn. I think she's. Um, I think that she's obviously very independent. Doesn't worry too much about the commercial um, realities. Yeah, fair enough. Although Laurie Anderson, who I mentioned before, it would have to have been mid late. Uh, yeah, no, no, 1980s. So let's say 83, 84. That song, Oh Superman, got to number one. And it was ju- almost just like that, except there were actual words in it. <laughs> anyway, distracting us from our uh, subject, which is the politics and the political issues of the day. Quite a reaction uh, we've had this morning. I come to you first on this one, uh, Megan Woods, uh, please. What do you think about this push by the PPTA to get rid of streaming in schools? Yeah, I, lis- I listened to this discussion that you had, Tim. I thought it was really interesting. And I was thinking um, about my own experience at school. I don't know that we had streaming. Um, if we did, it certainly wasn't something that was apparent, but I went to quite a, a small school. Uh, but I think one of the things um, that I know that Chris Hutchins is, is really key um, that we do within our education system is that we're not setting lower expectations for any of our students. And that's one of the things that streaming can put into place, that you have the, the kind of the lowest streamed classes and that you have lower expectations. We've got to make sure that we've got a system that isn't starting out and saying, we've got lower expectations for you as a group of students. So I think um, it's really important to look at the research, to have a look at what the evidence shows and make sure we're setting up an education system where all our kids can achieve to be best. Mark Mitchell, what message does it send to the bright kids? Well, I just think that, well, sorry, firstly, uh, morning, Megan, and welcome back to New Zealand. Um, secondly, um, on this issue, I think that schools need to be able to meet the needs of all children. And um, for whatever reason, we seem to be in a situation where we seem to rush, rush to brace, uh, embrace mediocrity um, when we should be striving for excellence. And I think that um, if we've got kids that are doing well in school, then the school should be able to respond to that and allow them to continue to do well and achieve their potential. And if we've got kids that are, that are struggling, then the school needs to be able to respond and be able to lift them up as well. I mean, you can stream per subject. You can stream towards aptitudes, can't you? Yeah, and I think one of the things that happens, Tim, is that there's kind of informal groupings of students that teachers um, always undertake. There's, um, there's students that might need more assistance with a particular subject or task. Um, there's students that might need more acceleration because they need to more stimulation in the classroom. And that's also something right. teachers are really aware of. There's also... Okay, um, so that's the case for subject. streaming. You're making the case um, for streaming there. What I'm saying is that that can be informal groupings that happen all the time in the classroom as well. It doesn't have to be formally strange. Also, subject picks, when students get to start picking subjects, um, that often you get um, kids with similar attributes start to, to group together as well. All right. Let's talk I, I, about... I, I, let, 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 the, let, the, let the teachers or the parents of the relevant schools actually decide what the best approach is. Oh, the I one agree. thing that... The, the, yeah, and, and the one thing that really um, gets me at the moment in terms of um, teachers and what they have to deal with in classrooms is that if they've got three or four students here with learning difficulties or behaviour issues, they tend to get more attention from the teacher and the kids that actually are doing well and want to learn are missing out. And I think that's actually a big issue that's sitting inside our schools at the moment that really needs to have a serious look at and be addressed.
All right, I'll stay with you for a minute, Mark. We've had a lot of talk this week about nursing and in particular about the situation in aged care where we, we pay peanuts, really, compared to what we pay in the hospitals. Should that be the case? And is aged care in crisis? I think aged care is in crisis. I know in my own literate um, getting around aged care facilities here, they are in crisis, certainly in terms of staffing. Um, they've had to reduce the amount of people in beds, um, and they are literally in crisis management from day to day, trying to make sure they've got the staff um, available to be able to actually deliver the services that um, that you know their, their residents deserve. Uh, Megan, uh, should Andrew Little be doing the same with nurses in those different areas as he's doing now with trainee GPs? I think the the critical issue, and, and I've been around a number of the aged care um, facilities in my lecture as well, the critical issue is one of pay parity. So it's what is a nurse getting paid in the DHB system versus what are they getting paid in the aged care s- sector? Because obviously if DHB nurses are getting paid more, more people are going to want to work in the in the DHB system, and that just is a, you know, a natural outcome of it. So since we've come up to uh, come into government, uh, wages in the aged care sector have gone up 24% on average for nurses in the aged care sector. So there has been a significant uplift. So we've gone from a 20, $28 median hourly rate to a $34.70 median hourly rate. One of the things that we have to keep working through is what pay parity looks like. I know that's something that Andrew's been looking at really closely um, and that ministers will have some, some more decisions to make on that in the, in the coming weeks. How it is that we can make sure that nurses right across our health system are supported. You first this time, Mark, on the local body elections. Turn out a worry? It is a worry, I mean, but it's probably symptomatic of the fact that, um, you know, people have lost confidence um, in, in some councils, not all of them. Certainly there's a, in Auckland there's always been a big issue around um, a loss of confidence in our council, and I, I guess that's been reflected back in the numbers. Yeah. Uh, is is the situation partly because you have people that you've never heard of whose allegiance you can't always be sure of? Well, I think there has, I think that's part of the problem this year, without a doubt, is that there's been a lot more scrutiny around um, who these people are putting themselves forward, um, what they're standing for. Uh, you know, and I think that that has created confusion. And I think people are so busy in their own lives at the moment dealing with inflation and the cost of living issues that, um, that they just haven't turned their mind to local corporations. How would, how would you see us go about getting more involvement in the local body elections, Megan? Um, and look, I, I think in terms of this conversation we're having, it's one we had every three years. Um, at this point in the cycle, um, that the turnout isn't markedly different than we've seen in previous elections, but it's still not high enough. We always see a flurry of votes come in in the last week. I think one of the things is that um, under the under the legislation, local councils can decide whether or not it's a postal vote or whether it's a ballot vote. There's always a debate about whether you'd get more people turn out if they actually had to go and cast their vote at a ballot. Um, but I think we need to we need to look at a range of things. I think we've got more places where people can actually post their votes. I know here in Christchurch, like supermarkets, things like that, where everyday life occurs, I think, is something that we have to look at. I think as part of what we do 
is the, um, what we're doing in terms of the, the future for local government, uh, the way in which we engage people there. That's got to be part of the conversation because we've got to get those voter turnout. Like a, a voter turnout of around 40% seems to be where we're settling. I know, exactly. And particularly where there isn't a strong mayoral race, um, if it's seen as a kind of a dead rubber on the mayoralty, I think that's where we see even lower uh, voter turnout. I agree. I think with the comment you made, Tim, in terms of people not knowing who the candidates are or what their allegiances are, that's why I still think there is a role for political parties and local body elections, uh, that people know very well the values that the people are bringing when they're seeking elections. Um, it's yeah. not like they're controlled by their, their parent party, but it gives an indicator to, to voters of what, yeah. of what their allegiance that, is. That's exactly what I was trying to allude to, that you know, if you at least were able to uh, investigate more closely people who are aligned to the way you personally are aligned, then maybe you're going to get a bit more involved, Mark. Yeah, that's true. But look, I think all of those points that Megan made are valid points. But the reality is this. If people feel strongly about something and they're really engaged, they will find a way and get out, get in, in, to get out and vote. And I think that's the real challenge is to yeah. trying to make local local body relevant again in people's lives them the confidence and, and um, you know and and the, and the will to want to actually get out and vote. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. But thank you both once again, Megan Woods and uh, Mark Mitchell, Nationals Police Spokesman and the Housing Slash Energy Minister, with us. Politics Wednesday at News Talk ZB. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.